Hey, you're listening to Chew On That, and here is what we're chewing on today. Family. Hmm. That's, a, that's an interesting idea, isn't it? Have you ever wondered why, why I say that every single week? So glad that you're a part of our family. Like, what is family? Who is our family? How is it that we're all family with people watching these services from all over the world, literally with people gathering and watching these messages in different cities, in different countries, in Canada, Europe, Asia, even the Middle East with such a diverse group of people with different races and backgrounds, pasts and presents, dreams and aspirations, people who are free and people who aren't. Some people who are bound by incarceration and others by oppressive government. How are we all apart of one big family. I wanna talk about that today in a message that we're calling, I Am Reconciled. Hey, hi, welcome to Chew On That. My name is Keith and you're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon series from the current sermon series happening here at Life Church in Green Bay. Hey, this week we're discussing, I'm guessing it's week eight. And as I'm, as I'm saying this out loud, I realized um, I didn't look and, and, and my guest here just showed me, bro, it's, it's week seven. We are discussing week seven from the sermon series, Book of Ephesians, happening here at Life Church. My name, uh, again, is Keith. And uh, joining me today is my guest that just bailed me out there uh, from saying week eight, which should be next week, right? Right. Right. <laughs> uh, so we're on week seven here, the Book of Ephesians. My guest is Pastor Ruben Alcantar. Uh, pastor Ruben, uh, Obviously, he's a pastor. That's why he gets the title in, in front of his name. He pastors people here at Life Church, um, and he's uh, there's no better way to des- describe Ruben as one of the most loyal hype guys for Jesus and his church that I have ever met in my life. When when Ruben starts talking about Christ, you better. It's like I know my like when Ruben starts talking, I'm like I better be quiet. I just need to listen here, and and it. Ruben never ceases to uh, move me when he talks about the Lord, and um, and I'm really happy that he's our, our guest today. Ruben, tell me, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, what do you do professionally? So you're a pastor here at Life Church. Uh, what do you do for your for uh, quote nine to five? Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to say uh, I am thankful and grateful to be here with Keith on the True Podcast, and um, you are so kind to what you were saying about me. And it's just about, uh, you always just want to share Jesus, right, to people. Um, well, to answer your question, uh, what I do from, um, exactly from six, from seven to seven. <laughs> seven, <laughs> seven to seven. Seven to seven, oh yeah. Um, I work for um, a printing company down in Appleton. So, uh, uh, yeah, so we print. I run a press. And uh, so of all your packages, of all your whatever variety of cheese packages that that you get at home, that's what we do. And uh, from pizza packages to sausage packages, that's what I do. And it's uh, it's pretty interesting. It's not a bad gig. It, it you know, pays the bills. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some days are longer than others, but it's all good. Well, 12, do it, 12 hours of anything is is can be long. I mean, if I watch football for 12 hours, um, <laughs> as I say it out loud, I'm like, that'd be, that'd be a fun afternoon. But like at like hour 10, I'd be like, Oh gosh, I don't know. I don't know about this football. Like 12 hours of anything is a lot. So, I mean, uh, you're very, uh, you're very optimistic and very, 
uh, excited about it. And, and that's, again, a teachable moment is just whatever you do, do it, do it, do it happy and do it, do it eager as if, cause, cause you're serving the Lord. Right. And wow. Uh, that's killer. That's killer. Um, tell me about your family. Uh, your your wife is a pastor here at the church. Your children all all volunteer and are just literally yeah. literally. And I'll say this straight up too. As a, as a parent of younger children, uh, I have asked parents uh, around me in my in my in my similar age bracket with children in our similar age bracket, and all every one of us are always like, well, you know, we shouldn't really be just watching what. Becky and Ruben do because those kids are really good. <laughs> like your kids are top level when it comes to just oh, like how you, you want to aspire your children to grow up. And if you're listening to this, you want your children to grow up like Ruben and Becky's children. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of that is uh, um, thanking God for uh, our kids, right? And uh, and we just do a little bit. We do what we can, and I think our kids. Uh, we just pour Jesus into their lives, right? Since they were little. And um, yeah, so um, uh, my wife, Becky, um, it's the Journey to Wholeness pastor. And you all know who she is, right? She's great. And um, uh, every time um, I say how long we've been married and together, she's like, why'd you say that? Well, it's it's that's how I describe one of our successes, right? When, when people ask, Describe success, and I say, well, my wife and I've been married for 27 years, and that's that's awesome, right? And uh, and so we've been um, parenting, um, you know, our oldest daughter, um, who uh, is is a um, sophomore. She's a sophomore at UW La Crosse, and then we have our youngest daughter, um, who is a senior. So she is looking to. Um, uh, looking around at campuses and, um, yeah, so uh, driving her around. And the fun part is going to see these campuses. And um, and every time I get there, I'm always like, you know, uh, I'm one of those people who would carry that oil. You know, if you're, there's this, um, some of you are like, what oil, right? Like, um, <laughs> yeah, motor oil. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of, I take it literally what the Bible says, you know, to anoint so I sometimes would like to just every time I enter a city, I'm going to anoint it, mm. you know, and just pray for it because that's where my kids are, are going to be in. So, you know, just from uh, um, it's one of those things that my parents taught me as, as I was little. And um, so anyway, then we have our son who um, David, who is um, I said David then I didn't say Risa's our oldest. Rachel's our second oldest. Right. Uh, so David, yeah, he's um, next year. He'll be in high school. Right. He. He loves football. He loves the Packers, and um, he loves soccer. He loves sports. So yeah, so we watch a lot of football, and sometimes we do watch like too much games, <laughs> right? And, <laughs> you gotta take like a lunch break halfway through. <laughs> well, yeah, and sometimes you know we're, we start even Saturdays. We're watching you know college football, so he keeps me uh, um, uh, you know updated with what's going on, and that's one of the things that uh, as a dad. With our son, we like doing that. That's one of the things that we look forward to, just sitting down and um, um, whatever we make, whatever we bring for food or lunch, you know, we just sit there and um, and watch football together and um, just give our high fives to each other. Yeah. Jeez. So, <laughs> so we're, we're seven minutes into this thing. Wow. And like, like we could press stop right there and <laughs> that's enough to chew on. 
like for myself, like, sheesh, you're anointing cities that your kids are like, come on. I, didn't, I don't even think about doing stuff like that. Like, sheesh. Ruben, Ruben, again, if this is your first crack at hearing Ruben talk, it's like, geez, man, the guy is just, he's a, he's an influencer in my life. And, and I'm really excited to get going on this. So uh, with all that, uh, thank you for being here. Let's get cracking on yeah. the first soundbite. the biggest things that the enemy wants to destroy among us is unity. He wants to divide us, you and me, you and them. He wants it to be the, this us versus them environment. He, he wants us to focus on the things that are different rather than the things that are the same. He wants us to focus on everything that we're against rather than on all the things that we're for. And so life has become our religion against their religion, our culture against their culture, our political views against their political views, our sexual preferences against their sexual preferences. He, he wants to point out all of the differences in an effort to create division, separation, isolation. And, and the Bible calls that out and it warns us, us against it when it says to stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You know, the lion's greatest tool when they're hunting is separation. It's division. It's getting their prey isolated from their herd, from their support system, from their family because there's strength in numbers and vulnerability in isolation. Okay, like right out of the gate in this, in this message, um, pastor's swinging. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that there's, there's always an appropriate time to, to remind people that um, because you're thinking it doesn't mean you have to post it. You know, because you're mm -hmm. thinking it doesn't mean you have to tell people about it. Yeah. Right? Right. Like, Social media, I think, is one of the one of the greatest inventions uh, in in our generation. The ability to interact with people from all over the world instantaneously, um, to see pictures, to see—I mean, there are there are people I haven't saw in ten, fifteen years that I don't feel like I have missed a beat because uh, of social media. You know, it's, it's an amazing, amazing tool to stay connected and stay visible uh, to your loved ones. With all that to say, it's also become the seediest, most filthiest uh, inventions to, to hate somebody with. And, you know, the, 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 the verse that was right here, the, you know, the, be careful because your enemy, the devil, is on the prowl. Um, you know, I think we give a lot of, a lot of credit to the devil when, um, when it's really just us that are the enemy. Um, now, the, the devil's brought up, numerically, I, I can't give you an exact number, but he's brought up a fair amount in the, in the Bible, right? Yeah. This is the only scripture that he's actually brought up having any sort of authority or power. Yeah. All the other, all the other times he makes an appearance, he's a, 
he's a liar. He's a snake. He's a yeah. He's a cheat. He's he's someone that like he's someone that's in the room and you're like, yeah, it's kind of a bad dude, but he's, you know, he's here. Um but he's not really considered ferocious in the other verses he's talked about. He's almost comically referred to mm. as a sad human being, as a, as a sad as a sad being, right? Right. But this one where we have to be on alert on the prowl because he's ready to pounce. I know that it's easy to say like um, looking at our society and looking at the chaos. I mean, even this week, the chaos of just an evil, an evil act that um, just an evil, evil act is like an understatement. Like just the, just like I'm sad for humanity, mm-hmm. but I think we give the devil a lot of. I think we we give him an an, an uh, a not a appropriate amount of credit for people just being bad. You know, people are just lost and bad and hurt and angry and you know, like Pastor Sean was saying, we're, we we focus so much on separation on the things that are, that are different. Yeah. About each of us than the things that we all have in common. And there is, there's one God. I mean, the Bible says there is one God and I read that and this is good interpretation. Uh, I shouldn't say good because it's right, but good because like it's, it's a take. I read that as not necessarily the only, um, but he's the one. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Of, of all these godlike beings, there has to be one and he's the one. He so, is the one. <laughs> and he's the one that we, he's, he's all of our God. Right. He's, a, he's even the people that don't know him right. and he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. He knows them. Yes. They just don't know him. Right. He's the God of all. And, and I mean, just going back to the, the credit where credit's due, I, I think we run around scared, like, Oh no, did you see what the enemy just did? No, yeah. The enemy didn't do that. You did that. Mm-hmm. You know, you you did that. You you were disobedient and you did that. Yes. You posted those terrible things on yep. the internet. You yeah. harmed your coworker. You cheated on your wife. Yeah. You know, the devil didn't do that. That was you, bro. Yeah, that was you. You you made that decision, right? And and I don't know where I heard this, but probably multiple times um you have heard it before, right? That we're only one way, we're only one decision away from being either in jail for life or, <laughs> yeah. or, or something terrible, right? Mm-hmm. You're just one decision away from. And um, yes, and, and just kind of referencing back to what Keith was saying um, about, you know, 1 Peter 5 8, where uh, scripture says to stay alert and watch out, right? And um, why? The scriptures say that to stay alert and watch out because sometimes it's um, we do we do look look lose we lose focus of certain things like oh everything is everything is okay everything's going good but then but scripture always tells us to stay alert and stay focused and that's one of the things that as a, as a dad I always tell my kids and now you know with a a, a college kid and and you know, I always tell her like stay focused stay alert. Be around with friends. Don't go anywhere alone by yourself because like Pastor Sean was saying, right, there is strength in numbers, right? And so I 
I always try to emphasize that to my kids, right? Like always be together, always have friends. And, and that's what family is, right? And um, I mean, that's, I mean, come on, like to have a family that loves you and supports you. I mean, that's what God is all about. That's what his love is all about. But, you know, and, and on the other spectrum, family becomes to others like, like um, just either bad or, or like if I can use the word evil, you know, instead of having this family that loves you, then something along your growing up or, you know, it becomes this like, oh, I, I don't like my family. I hate my family. You know, how I, I can't even fathom or think about saying that about my family. I mean, there are some, <laughs> there are some families, right, that you're like, I, I don't know if I want to see them in family reunions, <laughs> right? Um, I, love, I love that you're like, you're talking about uh, your immediate family. And I think that us as, us as human beings, we, we carry this level of uh, compassion and forgiveness for our immediate family because yeah. they're, they're our blood, mm-hmm. right? They're our blood. Yeah. And, and this, w- what Pastor was saying in this too, is that like, he's referring to family as the family in Christ, yes, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't use a different word there. We still use the word family, yeah, right? So our family in Christ, why, why, what, why does it matter how, how our, our sibling in Christ is voting? Why, yeah. why is that? Mm-hmm. What does that matter? Like, because like, I, I guess if, if my, if my children were at voting as yours are and they voted differently, would that really change how you love and care for them? Yeah. Would it? Right. I mean, you'd be like, yeah. okay. Right. Mm-hmm. But yet our immediate family, we would have so much more grace for so much more uh, forgiveness, so much yeah. more compassion, so much more. Well, I, 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 I love and support that my son or daughter is learning and has an opinion and is being and is called to something doing and you there would almost be the sense of pride yeah right mm-hmm. um but we don't show that compassion in to what this scripture um or this this sermon section is talking about our family yeah. of christ yeah um yeah have built walls of isolation and separation, walls of superiority and inferiority built on the foundation of doubt and deception. It began in the beginning. Did God really say? And that foundation of doubt and deception, it's created division between us and others and between us and God. And it's created division between us and others and us and God. Like, so if we go back to the, the, the first Peter quote, um, be on the prowl, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or the devil's on the prowl, right? So yeah. be alert, be focused, be cautious. Um, I guess when I hear those words, I think more like, uh, so if I'm driving, um, I have to remain focused. I have to remain alert. Because if I don't, I'm going to run this thing off the road, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this level of alertness that I must consistently have. And the, it doesn't really, like, for me, that scripture doesn't really say, hey, be worried, be scared, you know, don't do this. Yeah. It, do, <laughs> uh, it doesn't tell me not to drive. 
it tells me in a spiritual sense, drive, but stay focused, yeah. stay alert, or else you're going to crash this thing, man. And you know what? The devil wants you to crash this thing. He's on the prowl waiting for you to crash this thing. And 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 what, what Pastor was saying in, in this line too, just the, I mean, did he really say? I mean, that that sparked for every generation after that to, to use their brain to question, which is something that God gave us to use anyway. Um, but then almost to question him. And then when you're, when we're questioning him, then it green lights us to question other people, you know, question, uh, differences. Yeah. More than focus on similarities. Yeah. And, and, the differences, and I, and I think that's, you know, another um, enemy. The enemy's uh, attacks is that to to focus on that differences, right? Like the you look different, you have different things, and the differences, or you even like even in church, even when you were inside worshiping church, and. and even how somebody's worshiping, sometimes you look around and they're like, why is that guy racing? Why is that guy raising their hands? And, you know, that joy that, they're, that, they, that they have. And you kind of question that, why don't I have that? Right, that is the difference. And then instead of like focusing or just on that difference, because you're focusing on what you don't have, but it's actually you can have it also. Right, mm-hmm. I mean, you can just lift your hands and just and just worship. So I guess what I'm saying is just that sometimes be the enemy. That's what he's tried. He's been trying it all along through history, just to focus on the difference of each other, mm-hmm. whether it may be physically or the things, the the material things, or the things, or how even someone talks or speaks or says or or the degrees that they have, mm-hmm. right? And you become, you're like, well, you are, you're different and you don't have what others have and you become this and you become to begin to isolate from from those that can help you to get to that place. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the thing that's, I'm, I think I'm thinking about on this subject is that, um, I mean, you and I both, we are, we are not Caucasian, you know. We are, we are not. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm Native American and Mexican, and you, you, Ruben, are Mexican. Mexican. Yeah. Um, and so growing up, my my life was, you know, there was always that you are different. You know, when I grew up, I grew up in the in the '90s. Um, the city of Green Bay looked vastly different. In, in the 1990s, uh, culturally speaking. Um, and it, it was like a, a, it was a struggle. You know, people say, people say hurtful things. Yeah. And a, a nine-year-old kid, I, I couldn't process why, why did you just call me that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure you're, you have a similar story. And the, the sad thing about our country is that that is, uh, it's a, it's this little, it's this bad blop of our culture, of our, of our history is 
the difference is just strictly based on cultural. Yes. On the color of our on the color of skins. And and so myself as I grew up in uh Green Bay in the nineties, um my my mom had me assimilate. And assimilation means to blend in as much as you can, act mm-hmm. a certain way, talk a certain way. And you, you tell me and Ruben we we sound different, though we had similar backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um and the 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 process of assimilation so you could fit in um it's it's sad to say that it's not gone yet yeah yeah and um you know as you're talking i'm just trying to i'm kind of going back and like you say you grew up in the 90s right and mm-hmm. i think uh i moved to um to green bay cuz i grew up in milwaukee and you know Milwaukee, that's a different story. But uh, you have the South Side, you have the East Side, you have you know the West Side, you have the North Side, and I think um, Milwaukee it is one of the most segregated, if not the most segregated. Am well, I, I be- saying it right? Oh, yeah, I believe it. Yeah. City, yeah, cities in in, in America. So growing up um, from the age of uh, eight, nine years old in Milwaukee, like at first as a kid, you know, you didn't see that. Uh, but there were, then you started to, you started to, to, uh, to grow up, get older, right? And you started to see the differences of, of other people, how they looked at you or they react at you or they, um, um, and I mean, I'm one of the, <laughs> I like to think the best of other people. One of the things that sometimes, you know, we're, and, and I told this to my wife a lot of the times that, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm walking in the grocery store or, or and then there's that I'm by myself. And then there's somebody who kind of looks at me and they're, they'll hold their purse. They're threatened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I'm no, like, no, uh, I don't, no, I don't want your purse. I'm a pastor at a yes, church. Yeah. I'm a pastor. I'm, like, I'm the, the most docile person you could meet. <laughs> like, should I be walking in the yeah. grocery store with a pulpit, you know, rolling a pulpit in front of me and say, I'm a pastor. And, and, <laughs> and that's all this say is that, yeah. um, the separation that we have society, societal still, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, I mean, to g- generically say, it's just not right. You know, if, if we're all one body in Christ, so I'm a believer, you're a believer. Yeah. Hey, it turns out eternity, you and I are going to be there. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> we're going to be sitting together at that table, right? Right. It's a big table. <laughs> it's a big old table. And so like, if you as a, if you as a Christ believer, even sub, even like think it, but don't say it, um, wonder why, wonder why you think and don't, don't, you know, why, why you think these things of separation, why, why you see these differences more than, than similarities. Um, we're one body and we're one church. We're one large body and eternity is a very long time. Yeah. And if, if you're listening to this and maybe, and Hey, and I, I understand that there's people that have prejudices and, but they're quiet about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, it is unsavory today to have these things. But if you have them, ask, ask why, right? What, why do we, why do I have these still ask God? Why do I have these still? Yeah. And, and coming from a person that has been on the receiving end of unsavory prejudices, I'm asking you why we're one with Christ. Like he's both of our gods. 
he loves us both the same. Um, why, why, what's, why the separation? The things that you did last night that Pastor Sonny talked about during prayer, the things that you should have gone back and had prayed for, the things that you should have laid down, the things that you should have repented of, that was an open rebellion against God. That was a declaration of war. And God has a problem with that. If he didn't, he would cease to be holy. And in and of ourselves, we cannot change. We cannot save ourselves. Sin separates. It creates a chasm between you and God. It creates a chasm between you and hope, between you and heaven, between death and eternal life. And there's only one bridge between you and all those things. Jesus. There's no other name but the name of Jesus. In fact, the Bible says only Jesus has the power to save. His name is the only one in all the world that can save anyone. It, it stuck out to me on Sunday when, when he said those things. Like, I, like what you did last night. Like, and, and so I'm, I've been in this Jesus game a minute, right? Um, I, I have a, I have a sketchy past, uh, a sketchy handful of years, I suppose in my late teens, early twenties. Um, I came to Christ when I was 20 years old, uh, but damage had been done with the things I'd, I had done. Um, I, I had a problem with drugs and alcohol, which caused me to do unsavory things. Um, things that filled me with remorse and regret. Um, it wasn't until coming to Christ that I could hand those things over to him. He take them, wipe the slate clean, and then use yeah. my experience to, to bring people to him. He says, yeah, your, your balance, you got, it's cleared. You're good. Uh, now go tell people what happened here. Go tell as many as you can and yeah. bring them to me. So it, when, when I hear... When I hear lines like, you know, what you did last night, I remember that. I remember, I remember not being able to brush my teeth with the lights on mm -hmm. because I hated looking at the person in the mirror. Um, wow. I, rem I, I remember those and it's very important I don't forget them. You know, that person's dead, but I can't forget it because if I forget it, I'll forget it and we'll probably land up back there again. And if I forget it, I can't tell people how it was. You know, I can't be the translator yeah. between my life now to my life then to the people that are in my life then. Yeah. And it, it resonated with me, that line, like the things you did last night, you know. You wipe them out clean. Wipe them clean. And that's, that's the God that loves everyone right and that is the god that wants to pour out his love to to the world right and like yeah when i you know growing up in the church I, and i mean i grew up in i've been in the church and i know keith said you know you've been in this jesus journey in like a minute you know so then i guess i've been in this 
Jesus journey for like three minutes. <laughs> uh, so I, I grew up in, in church where my parents, um, um, they got married in the church and they were, so I, but I never heard that before. And I heard it before. I, I think Pastor Sean and, and I said, has said it multiple times, you know, that thing that you did last night, God can wipe it clean. And me growing up, I remember in my teens and, and, you know, I remember like at 14 years old that I, like, I really gave my life to Jesus, but I was so afraid, like if I looked at something I was not supposed to or said something or even thought of a cuss word and then going to Sunday service, like God was going to not forgive me. Like I was going with this, with this thing in my head, in my mind, like, oh no, like I, I, I gave my life to God. Now I'm doing this and I'm like, uh, there's a, because in, in Revelation, it talks about like there's white robes and the stains and, you know, so, so that was like growing up, oh, I want my robe to be white and, but you know, there's a little stain. So, oh no, I'm not going to make it to heaven. Right. And, and I think that's uh, to hear that, that God can wipe that, whatever thing you did last night. I mean, and, and that's what the enemy wants to put a separation between that word that God says and, and tell you a lie that he's not, that he won't do that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I mean, as, as cliche as as Jesus saves. <laughs> yeah. I think if you're listening to this, you you're probably have already come to that point of, no, Jesus has saved me. Now what? And... I know in my experience that um, I'm, n- I'm never sitting in one spot very long, right? Um, you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, like sitting doesn't work. Like even when you think, well, I'm just going to take a breather. You're immediately going backwards, right? And so I, I, I consistently have to move forward. And so coming to Christ was the start then clearing away the wreckage of everything I'd done was the next step. I had to, I had to forgive myself because Christ forgave me. Yeah, Christ forgave me as soon as as soon as I asked. Amen. Boom. Yes. Done. <laughs> done deal. Done deal. Great. Yeah. Next next subject. He 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 goes. What what next, son? Let's go. Move. <laughs> but I didn't forgive myself. Yeah. And I held on to a lot of things for a long for a long time. I held on to hatred and anger and fear. Fear was a big one. I was afraid of everything and everyone, but I masked it with, with hostility and, and fists. Yeah. And, you know, I, 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 I was still a really rotten person, even though I was saved. And it would have been poison for me to not clear away the past quick. Let, let go and let God, you know. Yeah. Pretty much all the cliches that you see on like, like posters, <laughs> though all of that. Um, but I, I know that I know there are people listening that are still holding on to stuff, and I say are still holding on to stuff, yeah. but are just holding on to stuff. Yeah, let that go. And and then the next question will be like, well, how? Um, when when it hurts bad enough, you'll you'll ask how. Mm-hmm. When when you're done digging you've hit this bottom and then it's time to climb out. Yeah. You know, you, 
for myself, I wouldn't be the father, the brother, the son, the husband, the friend, or the leader that I am today if I was holding on to yesterday's failures. Yeah. And I had to give those to God and be honest with him. And when I gave those to God, they were super, it was, just, it was like a weird open conversation. Like, all right, I did this, uh, you know, why, why am I saying this? You know, and then I'm like, well, I have to say it because yes. I'm telling myself, you know, I'm saying it out loud to myself saying, right. Hey, you, 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 you don't really, you don't really know what's best for you in almost every situation. You know, I had to admit that to myself that there is a God and I'm not him. I, I can't, God can. So the third part of that is now, now okay, fine. Now I'm going to let him. Mm-hmm. And clearing away that, you know, what you did last night, it's clear. It's clear. It's wiped away. It's wiped I mean, away. It's yeah. wiped away the second you ask it. Now that, that God doesn't have it on his ledger anymore, how come it's still on yours? But then on the flip side, some of us, some of us, we live in this lack thereof and think that we can't do greater things, think that we, we can't accomplish the things that God's called us to. You, like you weren't born into money or you weren't born into God, but, it, like, but we all have a history, don't we? And here's the thing, if you dig deep enough, you'll discover there's dirt under all our fingernails and skeletons in all our closets. And Paul was referring to that in his inclusion of Jews and Gentiles. Jews who who felt because they were God's chosen people had sole claim to his love and his grace, his mercy and his forgiveness, his favor and his blessing. These people who were for whatever reason taking their position in God's favor for granted and making it a matter of exclusivity. These people who were essentially saying, we're the heroes you're the villains. We're the good guys. You're the bad guys. If this were a Western, all your guys are wearing black hats <laughs> and all our guys are wearing white hats because God loves us and he hates you. And when we read people who act like this in scripture, we go, why in the world would they ever act like that? And I don't know. They do the same reason that you do. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, this is going to be the last sound bite of the day. So, uh, what do, what do you got? <laughs> that was me, you know, growing up, right? And when he, like, I grew up in, was born in, in Mexico, right? But um, this city where now is supposedly one of the most high crime cities in the world. Um, and, um, you know, that was, but now here, growing up here in the States, and I'm thankful for, uh, for the United States <laughs> and my parents, you know, my uh, coming to in the States when I was like eight, nine years old. But that was me growing up. That was me kind of seeing the other side and seeing kids um, having the Nikes. And um, I did not. I, I mean, I remember going to the secondhand store and buying my my parents would give me my clothes there at the secondhand store to go to school on your opening day because that's a big deal. I mean, now it's like, you know. Uh, the first day of school, right? Kids get the new kicks and all that stuff. And real quick, this, there's this, I, I, I told this story to my kids and um, I remember when we were sitting in music class and I think I was in third or fourth grade 
And so the teacher after Christmas, after Christmas break, right, you come in. Okay, so what do you got for Christmas? And so then everyone's going around. And I, I mean, uh, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh, what am I going to say when they come by me? So what am I going to say, right? And I say this story not to uh, uh, make my parents... Uh, feel bad or, or anyone uh, it's just a story that I uh, um, it, it's kind of funny because it, so the teacher's coming around and asking then it comes to me and I'm like okay what do you got for Christmas so I just made up this story that I got like this racetrack and this cars and this hot wheels and everything everyone was like wow <laughs> you know but I didn't get it you know but it, it's that is so the enemy as I was a, a young Boy, young kid, the enemy already started putting that thought, that thing in my head that I could not have what others had, you know. Mm-hmm. So then uh, just growing up, like, I mean, and I love playing sports and basketball was my greatest joy. But I always tell the story that when I when I got on the court and played basketball, I always look on the opposite side and I always looked at the the meanest and the toughest and the best player on the other side. And I say, I'm going to guard that person. <laughs> and I took that, even though if it was just this thing in me that it was like, you know, I'm going to be able to, to do something, whatever I, whatever it was in the basketball court or whether it was in uh, um, wherever I worked, wherever I did, it was something that I had as a kid. I say, I am going to be able to do something and be good at and be successful at, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. That and and from that from that sound bite, I uh I took something I took mm-hmm. something else. I took uh you know, no matter no matter what your past is, yeah. No matter what you did, no matter if you were raised in in riches or poverty, mm-hmm. um it doesn't negate you for what from yeah. what what he's gonna do with you. You know, when when I when I gave my life to Christ, uh the words I said were you can have all of me, good and bad, and take all of me and use me as you will. And the the take all of me and use me as you will, um I didn't realize saying that, that he was going to, yeah. you know, he, he said all of it, huh? You want, <laughs> okay, I'm going to. And I think as Christians, I think we, we often forget that when you give your life to Christ, you're giving it all to him. Yeah. You're giving every bit of it. You're giving the good and the bad. You're, you're asking you're asking him to take away your will and supplement it for his will. Yeah. And no matter how bad your background was, no matter how bad your youth was, no matter no matter how how much second guessing thoughts you have right now, it's not negating you from being a maximum tool for God. Right. Yeah. And and that's what I took from that. You know, like what you what you were saying is like because because you you didn't have a lot of things growing up, and maybe there was a part of you that was like, "Well, I should, I should probably fabricate that truth a little bit." But the fact is, you just didn't have a lot growing up. 
And that's okay. Yeah. It's because, okay. I mean, I've been over to your house and your house <laughs> is gorgeous today. You're a hard worker. You know, if we would have, if you would have been like, oh, well, Ruben didn't have a lot growing up. So Ruben can't have a lot as an adult. That would be nonsense. That's, that goes against all sort, for, forms and sorts of sanity. It, it goes, it's counterintuitive to the American dream. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I see you're, you have a beautiful home, a beautiful family. I was, I, as we, we were talking before we started recording, it's like, man, when, when, when I, when I ask for parroting advice, you know, to my cohorts, the people in my age bracket that have similar children in our age, in similar age brackets, you know, the people that know the Alcantars are like, well, I mean, you really you should be asking these guys because <laughs> like them are the kids, man. Like you have, you have succeeded in everything that, that, that God is concerned about, you know, and you continue to succeed at it. And at, you as a listener, you know, you're, I, I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you're on a, a windy dirt road that you feel like you're going nowhere with, or if it, you're one that's paved with gold, you know, what, what has happened is not, has not pigeonholed you in to something greater. It's not your destiny, right? It's, it is. Right. <laughs> it's God, God will continue to use you if, if you ask. And the second part of a prayer I, I say every day is, God, disclose your will for me. And if you see me fit, give me the power to carry it out. And, and I think a lot of times too, Christians, we, we, uh, we either doubt our abilities and in, in, in comparison, then when we doubt our abilities then we're doubting that God can use yeah. us because of our abilities. So we're kind of doubting God or the other hand is we think we, we, we are owed something, Yeah, you know? And mm -hmm. so when I pray, if you see me fit, I mean, there's some days I'm not fit. I'm not fit to do his to do his master plan in this. And so I have to be honest with myself. Some days I'm not in the right headspace to do it. And, and as a person that works in ministry, you'd think that maybe I should be all the time. Like, but I'm not like, I'm, I'm a basket case most of the time. So when I ask God, please disclose your will to me for me. And if you see me fit, give me the power to execute on it. If you see me fit, Give me the power to execute on it. Yeah. If you're if you're listening, you're like, well, I mean, I'm ready. And God, and you feel like God still isn't giving you that that kick and that calling. Then maybe look inward and say, maybe I'm maybe I'm not fit. Because I, I promise you, when you are, He will call you off the bench. You will get yeah. in that game. Get in, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. It's. Um I mean, you look at all the Bible's uh, characters, I mean, uh, from the Davids, from Abrahams, from uh, Gideon, all these guys were not fit. The disciples, the apostles, I mean, come on, like they were not, they didn't look the part. They didn't look like these people that yeah. uh, they had. The, I mean, I think there was, um, there was some that I think sometimes we may give uh, – not enough credit to the disciples, but um, they were not like that. 
people or that those dudes back in the day, like, oh, I want to be like that person. I want to, they were fishermen, right? They were just simple men, but God took them when they gave themselves to God. It's um, God used them. And I think that's the story of us. That's what he's been trying to do. There's a, a scripture in Jeremiah or Isaiah when he says that like, oh, how, and he's talking to Israel, right? Like he wants to comfort them. He wants to bring them up to uh, like, hey, you are a you are a nation of the living God, right? The God that we were talking about earlier, one God. So he, he uses this analogy of like a chicken just comforting and their chick, their cheeks, chicks, little chickens <laughs> under her wings. It's like that's what God wants to do. And just comfort us in his wings, right? And uh, so whatever it is that you may be going through, uh, that the enemy is uh, just being lying to and telling you that you cannot have a Jesus-loving family or that you can be part of this family. I mean, the enemy, it's that's his game, to lie and to deceive and to divide you and break you. And but let me tell you that um, that God loves you, and uh, there's a family that loves you, right? Yeah, yeah you know, I mean, you got Keith here. Come on, <laughs> God only has sinners to work with. Yeah, like that's in this world, we're all we're all the same. Mm-hmm. In that, like God only has sinners to work with, and if we yeah. look at all those all those characters in the Bible that you, that you disclosed, God has this knack of using the most underqualified an unlikely human being to perform marvelous acts, yeah. you know, and that encourages me a lot. Like God has this, I mean, that's like his, that's like his thing. Yeah. Like he's taking yeah. people that doubt themselves, that society doubts, this is, that, that their civilization spit on. Yeah. And he uses those people to do every single story in the book. Yeah. Every single one. And it, it's it's beautiful. Yeah. It's to it's, knock giants, to open seas, mm-hmm. <laughs> to build kingdoms. kingdoms. Yeah. Well, thanks, thank you, Pastor Ruben, for uh, for being our guest today. I I it's it's always in, educational for me, uh, and then having fifty minutes to just sit down and talk with you, it's it's inspiring. And so, thank you for joining, um, and th- and thank you guys for for joining us today um, for this episode of Chew on That. If you have enjoyed this episode and think maybe someone you know may benefit from the topics that me and Ruben discussed today, please share the podcast uh, on your social media platforms. Just just share it, just share it. Um, we'd also love it if you would uh, rate and review uh, the Chew on That podcast. Um, it And that's so like more and more people can just be exposed to uh, the podcast itself and ultimately the life-giving message of Jesus. Uh, my name again is Keith. Um, thank you, Ruben. Yes, it was great to be here, Keith. And, uh, and, and thank you guys for listening. We can't wait to uh, talk with you again next week.